Hello and welcome back to the Motorsport Better podcast. I'm your host DD and joining me today once again is my friend and your co-host Vedant. On this episode we'll be talking about all the gossip uh that has been happening in the F1 summer break. So, let's grab some chai, take our seats, ready your opinions and dive right into the conversation. Hello Vedant. Summer break is awfully quiet after of after three insane days, you know. <laughs> uh yeah. like the summer break started and it was like the summer break never started and then now it really seems like like we're in the summer break with um absolutely no like little to no news from uh, the F1 circus yeah absolutely apart from today when you know the world motorsport council approved the 2026 engine regulations and the 2023 technical changes and whatever but yeah in terms of the typical summer break east of and city season nothing much apart from that alpine saga yeah one what a saga you know everybody was refreshing social media every every second <laughs> to hear some news but yeah. uh, oscar piastri and mark webber just refused to make a comment uh, and which is why i'm looking forward for uh, f2's return almost now uh, and and f1's return uh in the hopes that you know maybe maybe someone knows something from the two paddocks uh hopefully but before we jump into the silly season vedan there's a couple things there's a couple things that i want to talk about and one of them is obviously uh ferrari <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately and the other is uh mario andretti uh now someone uh, published an article and shared on twitter saying uh with the title i believe something similar to does toto wolf have too much power in f1 Yep. Uh and Mario Andretti commented or a quote tweeted it. Quote tweeted it. Yeah. Uh, saying uh, uh it's high time someone said this or something like that. Basically, you know, saying that you know he believed that this was true. Uh what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean the Andrettis are clearly upset that they have not been given the chance to you know start bring their team into Formula 1. But it's I don't know it's kind of true in a sense that Mercedes have been the most dominant team for the past so many years now and Toto Wolff is the team principal and the key representative for Mercedes and sort of when you look at it he's one of the key figures for Formula 1 as well key public figures right and he also has a lot lot of money invested in Mercedes and uh, now Aston Martin and Williams and william yeah. yeah so so he is a key stakeholder in formula 1 in in f1 yeah. yeah so i mean on paper and on the looks of it obviously he has a lot of power but given like formula 1 can be very political and whatever i don't know what's going on behind the scenes but yeah arguably you know arguably you can say that and it wouldn't matter but yeah it's it seems that yeah, way. i mean un- unfortunately f1 uh, i mean uh, the world motorsport council and fia is run like a government yeah. you know uh, hopefully but who <laughs> knows you know no one looked yeah, into the inner workings of it, it really. it's it's kind of i know i know you and i have not yeah it's it's sort of like when bernie was team principal at brabham right and bernie eggleston yeah, yeah. was team principal at brabham and, I, and he was the one rounding up all the other team principals to make the unions and whatever whatever yeah. and to make what formula in one is today so it's 
similar to that in in a sense but yeah who knows uh definitely and you know um and i i, I totally you know understand the concerns that come with because we saw what bunny did to the sport yeah. you know, and and it's totally understandable um the concern that come the general concern that comes with um someone having a lot of financial power over uh, the entities who who make up f1 um but i don't think toto wolf is in a place i mean politically yes he has a lot of power in the sense that you know he is one of the most successful team principals and there is a certain uh, influence that comes with that uh, and also by, by being uh, the the chief of basically a power unit supplier uh, yeah, for multiple teams exactly. obviously zack brown holds his own ground but you know there is williams uh, and and uh, and uh, and aston martin um and his relationships with those business people are are very good but uh, regardless of all of that i mean obviously you know from i i feel for mario and red it just comes down to the fact that uh toto wolf has has not given him a chance uh, or has not at least it seems he feels that way you know that toto wolf has not really understood the value that the andretti name will bring to f1 which is why you know toto wolf has talked about the value uh, that uh, andretti will not yeah. create or does not seem like it will create in f1 if if we let them come in uh, whereas uh, talking about audi and porsche uh, toto wolf has been a lot more supportive of those en- entries and extending the grid to 22 instead uh, rather than when talking about andretti so that is definitely a pain point for him but um, all that being said um it's definitely spicy yeah uh what what is sad though is got it didn't it didn't get picked up enough and uh, circulated enough and commented on enough to become uh a, to just add a little bit more drama during the summer break. i mean it it is it is it, it is basically silly because clearly mario andretti retweet, retweeted it because of the involvement he potentially has in formula 1 had there not been uh, andretti team ready to get into formula 1 had you know had that situation not been there that article would have come and gone by without a lot of people noticing it and no one would have batted an eye except i don't know maybe some readers of that publication or some hardcore fans or whatever right but since there was this sort of element involved that's where the whole commotion picked up but yeah it was just a silly is summer not so silly but season. but i was hoping for more yeah. but i but i was hoping for more yeah, but i yeah. was hoping for more <laughs> um but I, i i don't i don't think you can you know f1 will be or could be run uh, the way a government is you know without without uh, clashing of you know conflict of financial interests and what not um it is what it is um and as long as uh, it's it's fair enough uh, at least on the on the track i think uh, no one's really going to bat an eye yep. at least as fans at, at least, least as, as fans, fans. Exactly. Um, i'm sure i'm sure there is a greater um, there's a better perspective to offer here that you and i just can't because of uh, the lack of understanding that we might hold as to how the, you know these organizations are set up but let's move on let's move out um, and talk about um, ferrari like we, like we said you know now matthew bonotto has come under fire from a lot of fans of saying that um ferrari don't need to change anything in their strategy department uh, whatever they are doing is they just need to stick to it uh, that has been the gist of you know what matia binotto has said i think i have an autosport article um titled why binotto retains his faith in f in his f1 strategy team at ferrari um team matia 
team boss Matia Binotto is far from downbeat about the situation and uh, it talks about his defense of the strategy department and what not. Uh, what are your thoughts? I am a bit, I mean, I'm, I'm, what's that quote? You know, I'm disappointed, but not surprised sort of thing because Mat- we have known Matia Binotto over the years and we have seen him stick to his ground in the press conferences and in in the in the press basically right and stay by his team and whatever but then again to just straight away ignoring whatever has happened before and like blindly supporting your team is not the way to go see had was had ferrari been a, like had they produced a handful of strategy masterclasses and then made a handful of mistakes it's a 50 50 scale and everyone like no one is too upset about it basically right but it's not like that they have not made a lot of strategy masterclasses over the years and but they have made a lot of strategy mistakes so i don't know what martia wanted to portray to the press and to the public but it certainly will not help his cause and the team's cause and the fans like it won't help the fan anyone see i understand where you're coming from right and um, and that is the overarching sentiment and that is where i would have also come from except uh, you know the what you have learned over the last year or so a couple of years at least uh, based on what the drivers do and what the team principles do and i was also reading uh, ross brown and uh, what's his name um, i'm forgetting the other author's name uh, but the book Total Competition, yeah. right, which basically outlines Ross Brown's journey in F1. Uh, and uh, Ross Brown said the same thing, that you never admit your mistake in public, you, especially right after you made the mistake. And even after, you know, um, you, you've gone through and you've done what you needed to behind the scenes, uh, you never just, you know, um, go out and talk that way. I, I don't remember exactly why uh, he, he made that point. I'm, I'm sure he explained it in the book, but I don't remember anymore. But that is the case. And... <coughs> and uh, I'm not sure why we expect team principles to be honest when uh, like the like the same thing right like I think in just the last podcast that we did about F1 and we were talking about Charles Leclerc and and you know the debate that does he need to change his driving style, yeah, yeah. style and whatnot and we said hey uh, you know do what Max Verstappen did and create an out you know maintain an outwardly um, demeanor of that hey I don't need to change anything and do whatever the work needs to be done um, behind the scenes, which ha- which seems to work for them. And is, it is the way that people in the industry approach uh, all of these issues. Um, so I'm not sure why people try to, you know, uh, ha- you know, cre- I, I don't know why people expect a different approach from team principals or any other team spokesperson and differently from the drivers when the PR department is, is basically the same <laughs> for both uh the team and the drivers right um so yeah I, i'm not surprised you know i'm not surprised because because we have to understand one fact as fans you know what is said in the press conference does not is not is not always the reality is not always the ground truth even of what is going on behind the scenes um that is like christian honor saying that hey pierre gastly will you know stay on with us and then coming after the summer break and yeah. saying, hey, alex albon <laughs> is is going to be with us yeah. right um, so you need to, we, we as fans need to understand that the press conference is what it is called. It is the press conference, uh, you know, 
it is to put out a press press release to uh, you know to make statements uh, that are backed up by the entire organization not to tell the honest truth <laughs> to, yeah. to everyone out there in the world and that is something that i think we as fans often forget uh, and and you know we we need to step back from that perspective and take everything with a grain of salt that is said in the press conference i mean it's great i mean it it allows us to publish articles to speculate what not you know and and we and all of that is obviously important but as fans uh, the amount of uproar that there has been against ferrari and the way matteo bonotto has approached this particular situation he is just defending his team and you know any good leader would do that yeah, that's uh, true that's true and that is important in any organization you know uh, i would have been more surprised if matteo bonotto came out and said yeah this is our fault and so so on and so forth so uh, i think this is also an important step in maintaining morale in the team and he he understands the culture at ferrari more than anyone else so uh, it it is our lack of understanding of what is going on uh, with ferrari for us to be you know i, I not ignorant but uh, also not com- comprehensive in our understanding at the same time yeah uh, i mean that's true but i think for most of the fans and like probably you know his the the words that came out the words that got published were sort of off putting as fans had he def- like it i don't know i didn't read the entire article so i won't say too much but probably had he used some other words it would have been different or whatever right but yeah the 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 the, the theory remains the same as you said english is not his first yeah, yeah, language yeah, that's on. right that's right <laughs> yeah but the theory may remains the same that you defend your team and you don't you know yeah i mean you you can take the approach that charles leclerc takes you know and uh, and just accept your mistake yeah. but it's different when you're doing it for yourself and when you're speaking on of behalf a, of, of a, team. a whole yeah, organization exactly. of people uh, right um so that is there and that that is something we as fans need to understand instead of going up in arms uh especially like you know ferrari fans going yeah. up in arms against <laughs> matteo bonotto like, what is he saying yeah. is he is he is he in his right mind he's he's definitely in his right mind if he's saying that let me tell you that yeah. it might might not sound intuitive but he's definitely in his right mind uh so yeah that is that but now let's talk about silly season medan uh, let's the do most this exciting exciting part let's do of this. and absolutely worthless part of this of this conversation <laughs> uh let's let's talk about it. obviously uh mercedes arguably have a lineup for next year ferrari have a lineup for next year uh who's next who's third red bull, red bull have a lineup <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> red yeah. bull have a lineup for next year um uh, and then we have mclaren who's got landon norris does not have da- uh is apparently does not want daniel ricardo wants yeah. uh, oscar piastri alpine ha- only have esteban ocon um aston martin has a lineup for next year Yes. Alfa Tauri has a lineup for next year. Haas um, do not. Mick Schumacher has not been confirmed and neither has uh Magnussen. Huh. Um but but Alfa Romeo have 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 a lineup for next year and only Albon has been confirmed for, for Williams. Williams. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So we have a seat at Alpine, McLaren, uh a seat at williams and two seats at uh haas right am i missing anyone uh no i think that's about that yeah 4 5 6 7 yeah so 
And just to add to all of that, you know, just in case people missed, uh, even Felix Rosenquist isn't confirmed <laughs> at McLaren <laughs> Racing. Yeah. Uh, so throw in that spanner, if if you want, guys. Throw in, throw that in. Um, so yeah, who's who's gonna be racing uh, next year in F1 with, and then who's not gonna be racing next year? Well, that's a big question, but yeah, it's 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 pretty exciting because. Uh, I think a lot of people are expecting like w- when you talk about this whole situation you obviously talk about Oscar Piastri right and right now people are expecting Oscar Piastri to jump straight into McLaren and just you know uh ride f- get a race seat for next season onwards but there might be a possibility that he does not get a race seat for 2023 he only jumps ship and gets a reserve drive for 2023 and when daniel ricardo moves along moves on from mclaren on the from the original plan of three seasons right that's when uh, piastri comes in and swoops everyone off their footing or whatever but yeah that seems to be one possibility what do you think I'll, let let me ask you this <laughs> let me ask you this does Piastri moving so Piastri has we need to keep in mind Piastri is not confirmed or nor has Mark Webber confirmed that Piastri is looking for a seat at McLaren yeah exactly alright no one has no confirmed, one has that. confirmed that no one has confirmed that as far as I know right do you think Piastri and Mark Webber would make such a move to go from Alpine to McLaren when they are on equal footing this season especially like over the last two months they have been on equal footing yeah I I mean it may not seem like a good move on paper currently but like the management at alpine the management behind the scenes the situation behind the scenes is vastly different right and i remember this from years ago not years ago but from a few years ago that uh, people like jack aitken and another driver moved uh, jumped ship from alpine to williams because of whatever the situation was that time christian lungard obviously did not stay in the alpine academy and he moved over to indycar obviously jack aitken and lungard were not formula one favorites favorites to get a formula one seat but then again they were not happy with the alpine junior driver situation whatever that was but alpine did manage to find a seat for Joe Guan Yu at Alfa Romeo so that can be looked at as a step in the right direction but then again you know at the background maybe maybe Oscar Piastri is not looking for a great seat but he's just looking to move away from Alpine and that is the way where they are looking at or whatever I mean, yeah, maybe, you know, because uh, it it does come at a time when two drivers, um, one who was supposed to stay in Formula 1 and one who was supposed to uh, carry on Alpine's, you know, be Alpine's spirit in Formula 1 in a couple of years, both of them left together. So, obviously, that raises question about, you know, like you said, uh, what's going on behind the exactly. scenes, um, you know, the management, the leadership and whatnot. Uh, but I have a I have another conspiracy theory, theory to throw out. Let's it's, do this. It's far-fetched, but I'll throw Let's it out there. This. Uh, and that is um, Oscar Piastri is potentially moving to Mercedes. 
Yeah. <laughs> because you have to you you have to remember you have to remember that Lewis's contract expires next year. You yeah. know, uh, there might be a renewal clause, what not. But there isn't a lot of reason for Lewis to stay, except you know, um, to continue racing. But he has alluded to the fact before that he does want to do other things. So it it's not a big leap to understand that Lewis might leave, considering the fact that his closest friend in the paddock has left is leaving at the end of this year. Yeah. But Lewis also said right. Lewis also said that he wants to win that eighth title. And you know Yeah, but you know, George Russell has done better in that car than Lewis already. Yeah. Lewis has stiff competition. That's true, that's true. So let's let's not take that lightly, right? Uh and all of that will play into Lewis's mind because he also has a legacy to defend in in a way yeah. you know to keep alive yeah yeah absolutely uh, some because a lot of people do talk about how sebastian metal could have i mean obviously he could have retired at 28 or 30 but how his legacy could have been a lot better if uh, you know he could have done more with ferrari and not gone you know um championshipless almost for 6 6 7 years right yeah. uh, and and that definitely you know plays takes a toll on on your legacy at least at least in the in the short term even if it not in the long term you know maybe um 30 years from now the stats would you know the stats will dominate the sentiment of the time uh because of you know pe- people won't remember but uh for the next 10 15 years when lewis can have the most impact on the sport uh in in the sense of you know what what the, what all the sport is trying to achieve in terms of sustainability uh we race as one and what not right um so so all of that has to be taken into account but uh, i think i think there is a greater chance that oscar piastri might be waiting in the flanks of the mercedes um in under louis Ham- hamilton than than somewhere else yeah but uh, and i think there is a great chance that and because realistically who who is going to succeed uh, louis hamilton at mercedes Fre- frederick vasseli is nowhere near ready let's let's be honest yeah i they, um, they won't and like mercedes will not hire a rookie to replace lewis hamilton that is for sure exactly right and and that 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 is why i am not convinced by the fact that they will hire uh piastri but but you have to remember if 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 piastri becomes a part of mercedes right if piastri signs with mercedes then he might go to uh williams for a, for a season yeah. for season with williams yeah that's true that's true that does not limit him to racing for mercedes That's so true. that's what I'm saying. He might have signed with Mercedes, but, but he might race, race with Williams, race, yeah. and it might look like a weird move. But overall, it might make more sense than uh, than. And, and let let me put this out. I have been wrong about everything over the last four months. <laughs> uh, that is for sure. That is yeah. for sure. I'm not. I'm not even going to join. Like I thought, Jeff was going to win. Jeff did not win. I I thought you know. Uh, so, I mean, whatever I've tried to predict over the last four <laughs> to six months has not gone my way. But uh, it. in my brain it does not make a lot of sense for piastri to move to mclaren especially when mclaren is going through such a volatile time in their driver lineup with everything that is going on at mclaren right yeah that's true that's that is a good point that's absolutely true and obviously piastri being the rookie will get will, might get pushed off and you know sidelined off for whatever reason and anything else but yeah i think it's a great conversation but yeah <laughs> I, i i don't know <laughs> so so what do you think is going to happen because a lot of <coughs> a lot of people have, a lot of people have said that mick schumacher might move out of haas but i don't see why mick schumacher would want to move out of haas and i 
I, I think people are expecting a lot more from the silly season that there is actually going to be this time. Like last year, it was the other way around. There weren't as many expectations, then it got all shook up. Yep. Uh, but this time, I think it's going to be a, the other way around where we're expecting a lot more because of the hype. But uh, the results are going to be a lot more, a lot less interesting than otherwise. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, Mick Schumacher does not have a contract yet. And Haas and Mick have put off any contract talks. But then again, I think it's only because they know that they'll stay together for the next season, right? And that's what Mercedes and Lewis did at the end of, towards the end yeah. of 2021, right? So that's that. Also, also to add to the conversation, I think Theo Pocha has said uh, that he will not be racing in F2 next year. Yeah. Yeah, he said that so, would, so it would be his last Formula <clears throat> 2 season. Again, that obviously brings him into the equation. And if Alfa Romeo can you know, loan him to someone. But then again, the the only seat for Theo Poche realistically is a Williams seat. But Williams would rather have Jack Doohan or Oscar Piastri or anyone of the, you know, anyone else than uh, Theo Poche, I believe. I mean, yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't know. And I, it, it also seems like Alpine, Alpine's first choice would be Daniel Ricciardo if Daniel Ricciardo were to, you know, get bought out by McLaren um, instead of instead of getting someone else outside the paddock. Yeah, that's true. But that would be an awkward reunion. <laughs> uh, no, not for Alpine, you know, uh, because Al- Al- Alpine's first choice was Daniel Ricciardo. You know, d- they didn't want Daniel to leave when he did leave. Yeah, but he did uh, leave, right? Years ago. Alpine, Alpine shelled out, what, $40 million or pounds or whatever for Daniel Ricciardo. And he just left yeah, them in the dark so it, it might for McLaren, <laughs> where he did not perform. No, he, he gave them enough. Time. And 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 his valuation has absolutely fallen down the hole. And yeah, well, Alpine can get him back Which, for yeah. four million, I guess. <laughs> but but we all know, you know, uh, an F1 driver would want to stay in a, in F1 than you know uh, take his ego and go. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, absolutely. I'm, I'm not saying he won't go. I'm not saying he won't go. Now, I'm not saying that they won't get along, but it would be like it's it's a strange situation. And that is the most mo- that is the most competitive seat for any driver at the moment, yep. right? No one wants to really be in that McLaren seat. Let's be honest. If if now there are still drivers vying for that McLaren seat, there is clearly something that you and I don't understand <laughs> about that McLaren seat. There's something that I don't know. They're feeding them. They're telling them that we just have no idea about. But uh, so the Alpine seat is the most competitive seat. I'm I'm pretty sure Otmar Snovzar's phone is ringing every day, with uh, drivers wanting to uh, snatch that seat up, even though if they don't have Oscar Piastri or Fernando Alonso. Yeah, but one thing about Alpine is that they have had the master plan for longer than McLaren, and like master plan to get to the top basically for longer than McLaren, and they have changed that plan more often that than McLaren right so they have had a complete overhaul they have had a change in leadership an absolute change in leadership and everything at the top of the pyramid so again it's a very I think the Alpine organization in itself it's a very sticky situation around there who knows what's going on who knows what their plans are for the future but obviously we trust in Otmar because he has successfully guided 
uh, force India and then raising point to suc relative suc success, right? Given their resources. So Otmar can do it. But yeah, it's... I, I don't believe in Alpine as an organization as of now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So much, I mean, for, I, I, so much for El Plan. I, I, yeah, so I, I was happy when Fernando was there, but now I'm not. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there is a lot to speculate about the Fernando move. I think it just came down to the money and the term that, uh, you know, they were offering yeah, yeah. Fernando and he, he just didn't want Absolutely. that. Uh, so I don't think there was a bigger rift or anything um, to speculate there between Fernando and Laurent or Otmar and Fernando. Um, and, and, and it does seem that, you know, um, obviously, like, the greater leadership, like, Lauren Rossi has a lot more say about the driver contract than maybe Otmar Snavzar in, in this team. Uh, yep. So that might also be um, a point of contention and, you know, the way the way that leadership interacts yeah, with yeah. drivers instead of, you know, the way the team principals usually interact with drivers who are actually working with them day in, day out. So uh, that can that can also not that can also lead to you know a loss of opportunities if if not anything else. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I mean, I don't I uh, don't but want yeah. it to turn like a I don't want the Alpine to turn like Ferrari of the 2010s, right? When there was leadership change every three years, and it was all haywire during the times of Alonso and yeah. Vettel. So, yeah. Yeah, I wonder if it's time for Cyril to come back to the F1 paddock <laughs> just because of everything that is happening. Yeah. You know? um, but yeah, uh, that's all from my side. Anything else you want to talk about, Vedan, before we uh, wrap up this podcast? Well, nothing much. It's the silly season we... and I mean, the silly season, the summer break has is coming to an end next week. So we will have Formula 1 action and press conferences from Spa onwards and we'll hear from every one of them and especially when like all this happened in the summer break so no one had a lot of opportunities to give comments or ask questions or whatever right so spa would be interesting hopefully we won't have a washout and the fans there will <laughs> have a good weekend but yeah oh oh did you hear uh like uh Obviously, last year they did not refund, you know, the tickets for the fans. I think. Yeah, they did not uh, at Spa. And similarly, this year, I think, uh, not in F1, but in a Formula E, uh, the Canada race, which got cancelled, did not has not refunded tickets for the fans yet, either. Yeah, that's that's sad. So that's kind of sad. Uh, I mean, but yeah. I was gonna say something else, and and I forgot. Um, I was gonna say, well, Oscar Piastri. Uh, do you think Oscar Piastri is gonna be hosting the post-race show with Will Boxton <laughs> or? Uh, or uh, Rosanna Tennant. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I think they'll avoid that for a few weekends for now. <laughs> uh, I think we need a character like that to award an F1 <laughs> paddock. Uh, if if you remember what he did with Alexander Rossi, where they were having coffee and he just asked Alexander Rossi, uh, you know, McLaren or Andretti, <laughs> and Alexander Rossi just spit out his coffee. <laughs> I think... I, 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 <laughs> I think we need someone to do that to yeah. Oscar Piastri. You know, just walk up to him, uh, one of the drivers maybe during the post station, and be like, uh, <laughs> you know, Alpine or, or McLaren or something else, whatever. Yeah. 
<laughs> I think <laughs> that would be fun. Uh, I, yeah. <laughs> I think we need a character, character like that in in the F1 paddock. But yeah, thank you, Vedant, for joining me once again. It's been it's been fun talking uh, about everything that has been going on during the F1 summer break, and yeah, just uh, one more weekend before it's Rossik. Uh, sorry for that. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, uh, yeah, we'll we'll catch you pretty soon. Yeah, thank you once again.